Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. I've lost my my fun voice. My Aww. fun, deep voice. Welcome to the block party. If this if this is your first episode, <laughs> you don't even know that I was sick last week and had a fun, deep voice. This is this is this is a very special episode. Oh, okay. Not in the like saved by the bell sense where we're gonna talk to you yeah. about uh, drugs and stuff. Yeah, to my knowledge, neither of us has a problem that we need to confront the other one about. Yeah, except you. Uh, I'm kind of a chocolate. Uh, choc- I love chocolate so much. <laughs> um, this is a show where we talk about things that are good and things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Griffin. That's Rachel. We are married. We are married. We have two kids. Uh huh. We live in Austin and we like to party. Yeah. <laughs> And what other things do we need? What other sort of bio bullet points? Um, I would just say that initially we started a show that was a reality dating show podcast. Specifically The Bachelor, but we did occasionally. But we did some other shows. Uh, and we would make jokes and we would tell me bring more about our, these Tell me more about these jokes. These jokes. Well, so, you know, a lot of people on the show were, were funny, uh, either intentionally or not intentionally. Mm. And then we just we just started to kind of feel uncomfortable with the whole premise of the franchise. It made us feel bad to do it. Yeah. So we did this literally diametrically opposed podcast. Yeah. So approximately 200 episodes ago, we switched to this format where we just talk about things we like. This is 201. So like a whole new era. Yeah. Our seasons are 100 episodes long. So welcome (laughs) to season three. Um, yeah, it's literally all we do. And we like to start things off with a little discussion of maybe not like things that could inspire a, a grand discussion. We call them small wonders. We do. Do you want, do you have, and typically how this segment works is I ask Rachel if she has one. No, I'm ready this time. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> containers. Yeah. Oh, my God. Into- <laughs> intoxicating to see new containers in the house. I have found since the pandemic began that I have spent a lot of time in this house and I have slowly set out on a path to organize every piece of this house that is frustrating to me. And it's been very gradual. Not a not a read very on gradual. The, the speed with which you've been accomplishing this goal, but I feel like you've been very contemplative about it. Because it it's intimidating to open a drawer, see it full of random stuff, mm-hmm. and want to put the time into organizing it. But I, yesterday, purchased some containers oh my gosh. for our snack drawers, which we Wait. have many. <laughs> yeah, if, again, if you're new to the show, <laughs> we like to snack. We like to snack. Uh, and what I found a lot of times is that we would just leave stuff in that snack drawer for literal years. Yeah. And then our child would pull a snack out and we would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> Don't eat that one. That's from 2019. Uh, those, so. those Fig Newtons have fermented. <laughs> those Fig Newtons will get you fucked up, fam. Uh, so I went through the drawers, I threw away all the old food, and then I organized it into containers. And yeah. now I open that drawer and I just feel... And Henry is so stoked. Henry is our big son. He is so stoked. Is he? Oh my God, yes. This morning he was like, um, I want something from the snack drawer. Let me show you. And he opened it up and he was like, these were my gummies is. <laughs> oh, these good. are my mini Z-bars. Oh, he's my child. He is absolutely <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say uh, video game. If you've never listened to the show before, I'm kind of a gamer. <laughs> um, there's a new Metroid game. It's really, really good. It's is that scary. what you've been playing? That's what I've been playing. Metroid is, because uh, uh, I, I don't think you've ever played one or have, 
You, you've been dipping your toe into some of the Nintendo waters, but I think this one's still f- fresh to you. Uh, it's just like a series of like action platformer games that have been going since the NES. Uh, only this one's scary. This one has robots that chase oh. you and kill you instantly if they touch you. It's it's very good October stuff. It's really good Halloween <laughs> stuff. I'm liking it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but actually, shit, we're talking about it on Besties this week. So I just spoiled my thoughts on it. So please pretend. Don't tell the other boys that I did that. <laughs> please pretend like you don't know how I feel about Metroid. Okay. It's excellent, though. Um, I go first this week. Okay. So in this show, we each talk about one. We used to do two things. But then we had two kids. Yeah. And so now we do one thing. And this gives us a little more time to really explore the space yes. of our thing. Which is good because my subject this week is a bit abstract. We talk a lot about food, music, uh, food again. Uh, but sometimes <laughs> we get like a little a little bit more, I don't know. Conceptual. Uh, conceptual. Yes. And so I, I, the title of my segment that I have <laughs> is, uh, I, I wrote it down and was like preparing it, and then I realized I could summarize it much more quickly. So the original title was, That Feeling of Satisfaction You Get When You Do Something You're Scared Of. Um, but then I realized that I could just sort of reduce that to <laughs> fear. <laughs> well, wait, that makes it sound like you think fear is wonderful. I think that... Harmless fear is absolutely wonderful. Oh, what about overcoming fear? That is another good thing. Yes, absolutely. That's okay. a, a, there's so I, many I, ways of phrasing this. I just don't want it to to sound like you're saying like you know what is the greatest human emotion? Fear. No, I mean I'm <laughs> I am a, a hugely anxious person, yeah. and so I would not describe that as something that has been particularly fulfilling. Um, but I was, I was, this is, this was, again, a thing that was sort of inspired uh, by hanging out with, with Henry, our four-year-old son, yeah. almost five, um, because w- watching the, the pride that he has and the excitement that he gets from doing something that he was scared of is like, awesome it's so good I, and I, so relatable i appreciate that you are like glasses half full about this because i tend to just feel guilty that our child is fearful and that we have somehow done that to him oh yeah for sure <laughs> no that's unavoidable absolutely so i'm sitting there that. in that emotion just feeling full guilt and you're you're cheering him on and really reveling in the moment where he overcomes it. We we are both anxious parents, and so like it is tough not to pass that along to our kids. I know. And I think we're extremely like aware of that now. Yeah. But as new parents, like it's tough, especially with the first kid, because like you they are in, in your anxious eyes a little Fabergé egg that the yeah. world is trying very hard <laughs> to destroy. Yeah. Um and and you know, for for almost five years down the line and with two kids under our belt. That's not where we keep our kids, but you know what I mean. Like we know that that's not the truth, and yeah. so like we're we are fighting a bit of programming here. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's also a great gift we've given him because every time he conquers one of those fears, that's true. It's amazing. So he just he just uh, started a swim class, and the first time that like he put his head underwater, which is not something he really does. Yeah, he came up and he was like stoked. And like really excited about it. He did it a second time that didn't go quite as well. <laughs> yeah. And so he wanted to quit swim classes after that. So it's a, you know, it's, yeah, a, give yeah. and, it's a give and take. Um, but like at, when I was a kid, I remember like some of my, my most potent memories are from these, these times. 
for instance, I used to be terrified of, of roller coasters. Yeah. We went to Kings Island a lot, and Kings Island is dope. Like, it's a, it's a great theme park. Um, but I would only want to go on the rides that were like, you know, the theater rides where the chairs move around or like the haunted house ride or whatever. If it was like a roller coaster, I couldn't, which sucks because Kings Island has a ton of great roller coasters. (laughs) Uh, but then I remember I went on the outer limits, uh, flight of fear, the like, uh, spring break preview that our dad took us to like this, the year it opened and they were like, dad told me, and I realized now this was a terrible trick. He was like, it's indoors. How scary could it be? <laughs> I, love, I love that. That, that is such a, like a nice, like Clint McElroy, like salesman pitch Yes, of just like, Huh, yeah, no, that's a good point. And then later, wait, wait a minute. Is it? <laughs> uh, the answer to his question his mean-spirited question when i got <laughs> off the ride was hugely scary <laughs> yeah almost very fast and probably terrifying. scarier in y- some ways the scariest yes <laughs> but also that i i was into roller coasters after that like i was so no. exhilarated and proud of myself for doing that scary yeah. thing and like those very strong emotions are why i remember that so vividly. Yeah. No, that's that's a really good point because I remember the first roller coaster I went on and then once I did I was like, okay, now I can do roller coasters. You know? And yeah. then and then I will say then it was like, well, but I'm not going to go upside down. <laughs> oh, okay. See, you I really pulled the bandage off with the flight of Yeah, there. see, I like put another restriction on there that took me into another year of like, well, now I do roller coasters, but I don't do the ones that go upside down. Right. And eventually I, I you know, I overcame that too. Sure. But uh but yeah, it it is. It's interesting how you do it and you're successful and then you're like, well, I just do it now. Yeah. You know? Uh it it's I I realized in sort of writing down my thoughts on this that you could extrapolate this out to cover like a lot of things that are appropriate for this very spookiest season which is to say like haunted houses and scary movies like in general that's true um both of them sort of do the same stuff to to your brain and they are exciting and fun um and a lot of that is like chemistry right like your when you get scared your body produces adrenaline obviously which like causes heightened senses and just a bunch of stuff that happens to your body that is in a again a harmless environment like exhilarating but it can also produce dopamine uh which is thought to sort of like cement your fight or flight response to specific things yeah because it's like the reward system for your brain that conditions you to like feel certain way like pay attention to certain things and so like those two things kind of go hand in hand um and there's a marked difference between feeling those those hormones in a situation that you subconsciously know is not actually that dangerous versus a situation that you are like in danger right like that's not fun that part is not quite as fun like watching watching scream in theaters and getting those jump scares and knowing like in the way deep down back of your mind that like it's okay i'm not actually going to be murdered here uh that's where you get the like ha ha but if ghostface is really chasing you with a very real knife that is not you don't get the second part (laughs) you just get the first part obviously um but like, yeah, I think it just, yeah, a lot of it is hormones, but I think it goes beyond that. I think it is 
the sense of discovery about yourself, yeah. like knowing what you are capable of, finding out what you are are capable of, yeah, is amazing. It's amazing as an adult, right? Like I, I get stage fright every time we do a live show. Um, I'm anxious all day. Like it, it really fucks me up. Like I feel super exhausted and sick to my stomach. Like all day if we're doing a live show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though we've been doing this for years and years and years and years. But then when the show's over and we walk off the stage, it is indescribable how yeah. good it feels. Yeah, the transformation is kind of incredible because I, you know, I've been able to attend some of these shows and backstage, you and all your brothers, I would say, are just kind of like quiet balls of nerve. And then to see you perform, it's just like a totally different experience. Yeah. Like it just like it, it feels like going downhill on a roller coaster of like all of a sudden you guys are like sure. on stage literally screaming. But that's like, <laughs> but that goes back to when we were doing like children's theater. I was terrified every time we did any show. Yeah. Uh, and we did a lot, right? But when you're out on stage and you're kind of on show mode, like you start that yeah, descent is a good way of putting it like down the, yeah. down the roller coaster. And then when you get off stage, it is that sense of discovery. It is still that adrenaline pumping, but it's also a sense of relief of just like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> it's we over. We made it through. <laughs> I am full disclosure. We've not done a live show in front of a crowd since last March. I, I genuinely don't even remember. Yeah. Uh, and I'm scared. Like I am genuinely scared of, yeah, of doing yeah. it again. But yeah. I also know, like I will, I will probably be fine. I'm there with my my family, yeah. and um, not in any immediate danger. And so I, I am also weirdly looking forward to like that feeling that I get when I get off the stage. And yeah. I think that feeling more than makes up for the anxiety. And I yeah. think it's, I think it's probably why I do what I do. I think it's probably why I did children's theater my whole life growing yeah. up, and why I do this now. Uh, some people do parkour, you some know, people do parkour, but <laughs> for me doing butt jokes on a stage in front of some people makes me feel alive. And it's honestly, and this is sort of my last thought about this is like, it's the best part of being a parent, I think, at least of kids that are the age that Henry is growing into now yeah. is you get it twofold. Like Henry used to just very uh, low stakes example, but Henry uh, is scared of slides. Like he does yeah. not. He's scared of slides. <laughs> he thinks that they are scary. But when he does go down one, you can see like he wants to do it a thousand times, right? Yeah. And you can see that like that excitement. You can yeah. see that relief. You can see all of that thing. But you can also see the pride that he feels that he's able to do that. But also you feel it too. I know. That's the thing is that now we are so used to him being kind of fearful that I feel like we kind of like amp up a little bit. Like, is he going to do it? Is yeah. he going to do it? Can we get him to do it? And then when he does, we have that same feeling of like, oh God, he did it. <laughs> we we uh, rented a swimming pool uh, over the summer, like somebody's house's swimming pool. And we had done it a few times with Henry, and he had, he had gotten over his fear of just, like, swimming uh, and loves the water now. <laughs> but I, we were just, like, hanging out with our friends. We had a couple of friends that were there, and he pushed this little plastic slide up to the edge of the pool yeah. and went down it into the water. And me and Rachel looked at him and looked at each other like, what? Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> it's so awesome. It's so rewarding and exciting and it, it genuinely is like it brings me so much joy yeah to see that yeah. um and 
yeah, I, all, all of that is to say, like, fear can be cool <laughs> when it's not, a, you know, something that is going to hurt you, something that yeah. you know is not going to hurt you. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it is, uh, I'm not, like, saying anything anybody doesn't know, I'm sure. Like, you know whether or not you like scary movies or whatever. Um, but I just find it so fascinating how formative it, it can be. Yeah, and how it's true. It's just everywhere. It's It's been with you your your whole life, like your reaction to these kinds of things. I think it's, I think it's amazing. I think it's yeah. so good. Can I steal you? This is a thing that we say left over from the <laughs> Bachelor era. We never changed it, which is weird. <laughs> well, we also still play the home improvement song inexplicably. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, when we're about to go do our advertisements and grandpa trams then we say can i steal you away yes griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh meals to be delivered to you they can only be for dinner that's true because of the law but wait wait what's this coming across our desk the law is different now (laughs) is factor These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain Got a couple of bubble tubs here, and I would love to read this first one because it is for Jared, and it is from Isabel, who says, Jared, I don't know when you will be hearing this, but I just wanted to send you a message saying that I love you through this good, good podcast. 
You're my best friend, favorite person, and I love being your girlfriend. Here's to many more years of cuddles, smooches, and silly late-night conversations. Love, your girlfriend, Isabel. Should we explain, since this, I believe this is our block party episode? Oh, sure. That when you say bubble tubs, <laughs> right. what, you, what you need is These jumbotrons. These are called jumbotrons. <laughs> and that's, so typically people send sweet love messages. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like Isabel has done for Jared here. Oh, and my sometimes, gosh. but it's something, you know me, I like that sort of irreverent South Park humor, so I'll call the jumbotrons different words. <laughs> Although somebody, I apologize that I don't have the name of that person on hand, made a compilation of all the weird names. I've called Jumbotrons. Yes. And I say like Grambatram a lot. A lot. Most of the, I'd, I would say 50% of the times I come in. You also a, say Jumbo Prawn, which Jumbo is great. Jumbo Prawns are, yeah, but that's which a real is great. thing. You want to read this other one? Yes. This message is for Sheena. It is from Jesse. Hi, Sheena. I love you very much and can't wait to be with you forever. You will always be my favorite person. Hopefully one day we can have cat cafe or escape room. But until then, just you and the two fluff butts and some gay TV shows are enough. I love you, Jesse. Why do those two things have to be separate? Cat escape room. <laughs> You're going around solving puzzles. <gasps> and there's kitties. But there's kitties everywhere and they're just ruining everything. Uh, yeah, it's I like, like that. Okay, so the chessboard, there are pieces on the chessboard and when you look at them, it'll tell you that, oh, the cat's knocked. What a degree of difficulty. Also, I think you couldn't do that because I think people would be convinced that there was some kind of clue within the cat. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. The cat would be like coughing up a hairball and people would just be like waiting. <laughs> He's coughing up a key. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. <laughs> Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, addiction to TV and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. <laughs> There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses, hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. I would love to hear what you have prepared for the class today. Well, in the spirit of the block party and kind of bringing people to some of the uh, some of the concepts and ideas that we typically discuss on the show. Yeah. I'm doing a poetry corner. <laughs> this is no longer a stand-up bass. It used to be a stand-up bass. Uh -huh. It's become something else. It's like a very baritone sitar at this point. <laughs> um, this started many episodes ago. Uh, I, I like to think, you know, Griffin has a lot of interest that he has become kind of the expert in because he has spent many years interested in these things. I would love to hear what you think some of those are. Well, I think, I mean, there's there's a lot of music that you're interested in. There's, sure. There's a lot of, obviously, video games. I don't want to reduce you to video games, but that is... You love that <laughs> shit, though. You love that. You're, um, you're always, when we're not recording, you guys should hear it. It's vicious. She's like... <laughs> Keep it up, Tetris boy. And I'm like, <laughs> what does that boy. mean? <laughs> what is that? It sounds mean spirited. Uh, and go so, and Mega Man head. <laughs> what are you 
saying to me? But I think part of what makes that interesting is that I don't know a lot about video games. And so a lot of times when Griffin and I talk, I learn a lot of new things. The same is true about this segment in reverse. (laughs) Absolutely. So I was trying to think, what is something that I know that maybe not a lot of people know? And that is poetry. Sure. Uh, And Griffin doesn't know a lot about poetry. I'm learning. He is learning. Through you. Um, And so I started what I call the Poetry Corner, which is I'll talk about a poet and read a poem, and we all leave better for it. Yeah. Is what I'm going to (laughs) say. We we grow together. We grow together. Uh, So the poet I am going to talk about today is Tony Hoagland. Oh, sure. Sure. Tony. 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 They they do great (laughs) stuff. They do the ones with the rhymes in it, yes? Not typically. Even that is a 50-50 I, shot. Uh-huh. Not even 50-50, yeah, really, honestly. Really. They use pentameter and ver- and verse and meter in their, and uh, visual language. They're that one? Tony? <laughs> that Tony? Um, okay, so Tony Hoagland, born in North Carolina, uh, grew up what he called uh, as an army brat. Uh, and so he lived in Hawaii, Texas, Alabama, Louisiana, and Ethiopia. Whoa. Uh, born in 1953 and ha- published a, just a lot of books uh, until he passed in 2018 from pancreatic cancer. Um, what I will say that I like about him, super funny, um, gives me kind of a Billy Collins feel, if you'll remember Billy Collins. Sure, I do. Um, somebody who writes... Like many of the poems that I bring to the show, like accessible poems that are kind of funny. Um, and, you know, he's he's won uh, prizes and awards for that. Uh, and I wanted to read one of his poems today. Please do that. It's called Summer in a Small Town. I already love this poem a lot. <laughs> it is not a Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> it is a poem. Hot dogs in a small town. <laughs> Summer in a small town. Yes, the young mothers are beautiful, with all the self-acceptance of exhaustion, still dazed from their great outpouring, pushing their strollers along the public river walk. And the day is also beautiful, the replica 19th century paddle wheeler perpetually moored at the city wharf with its glassed-in bar and grill for the lunch and cocktail seekers, who come for the Mark Twain happy hour, which lasts as long as the Mississippi. This is the kind of town where the rush hour traffic halts to let three wild turkeys cross the road. And when the high school music teacher retires after 30 years, the movie marquee says, thanks, Mr. Biddleman, and the whole town comes to hear the tuba solos of old students. Summer when the living is easy and we store up pleasure in our bodies like fat, like Eskimos, for the coming season of privation. All August, the Ferris wheel will turn in the little amusement park, and screaming teenage girls will jump into the river with their clothes on right next to the no-swimming sign, trying to cool the heat inside of the small town of their bodies, for which they have no words, obedient to the voice inside which tells them, now, steal pleasure. That's good. Isn't that a good one? That's really good. Yeah. Now, you grew up in a big city. Well, so you, okay. you, this, you maybe don't resonate <laughs> with a lot of this. <laughs> well, with your big city living? 
Um, but us, us <laughs> West Virginians, oh, this hits home. Yeah. It's home. <laughs> I remember I my, really... mi- my many days swimming in the Ohio River yeah, and the God. many, many chemical burns I received. <laughs> I, um, I really like the line about the music teacher and yes. thanks Mr. Biddleman on the movie marquee. Yes, oh God, so that's so good. perfectly done. Yeah. He, he talks a lot about his experience of, you know, trying to kind of, make poetry more accessible. You know, he he went to undergraduate at University of Iowa, which has this famous uh, Master of Fine Arts program in creative writing. And he was just surrounded by people who took poetry very seriously and wrote about very serious things. And uh, his kind of desire was to like react against that and, you know, make his his poetry relatable and accessible. Um and and I really think he does that. Yeah, sure. Very well. I will also say uh, he talks about uh, how he thinks poetry is best when read aloud. And he said, quote, a poem in the air is different than a poem on the page. A poem, when you read it, is getting the best attention it will have. You experience it in real time. You're you're big on this too, right? Yeah, yeah. I really I really like uh, going to poetry readings and reading poems out loud because you can't cheat ahead. You know, sure. you don't know how long the poem is. You don't kind of have words that jump out at you before you read them. That's true. I've never really thought about that, but yeah. I experience the poem in a yeah. much different way than you do. Yeah, like I segment. can I can see kind of when the poem is going to end, for example. Right. But when you're listening, you don't know. And so you're kind of just hanging on every word. And that's what's kind of cool about reading poems on the show. It's dope to be surprised what, what the last line of a poem is. Mm-hmm. Like now, steal pleasure. Like, yeah. It's a really cool ending to the poem. Uh, but if you're expecting more to come after it, it just hits even harder. Like it's, yeah, that's a really interesting thought. Yeah, he uh, he told uh, in an interview with the Houston Chronicle, he said, humor in poetry is even better than beauty. If you could have it all, you would. But humor is better than beauty because it doesn't put people to sleep. It wakes them up and relaxes them at the same time. He talks about that a lot of like, as you know, people kind of tense up a little bit when they're getting into a poem. Yeah. And that like first kind of line that you say that's kind of funny or or you know like engaging like lets people kind of relax and enjoy the poem more than they might yeah sure so yeah i just this is kind of one of those poets that fits into like my wheelhouse and i feel excited to bring to the show because i feel like nobody's going to be alienated by it sure they're they're right in there with us i'm right there with you for sure hey thank you to bowen and augustus for the use of our theme song money won't pay that was the track you heard at the top and bottom of the show uh, and it's so good, and we're very appreciative that we can use it. Find a link to that in the episode description. And hey, celebrate this Max Fun block party with us by checking out some other Max Fun shows. Yes, there's so many. Uh, you, Rachel is an enormous fan of Stop Podcasting Yourself. Yes. A, a a devotee, I would say. <laughs> uh, but there's there's so many shows. There's so mm. many uh ways to explore this 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 wonderful community. There's going to be some events and fun stuff happening pretty much all all week. Um, yeah, there's some crossover stuff. Yeah. Um, 
you're going to see a lot of a lot of fun stuff. I would recommend also the Jackie and Lori show. Yeah, it's like, it's like real funny ladies kind of talking about their experience being funny. I like Mission to Zix. It's a yeah. f- uh, sort of funny space opera fiction podcast. That's really good. Oh, and Depression Mode is really good too. Yeah. Um, that's like a great show. John Mo brings on people to talk about kind of mental health and their personal experience with it, uh, which can be just really kind of cathartic to listen to. If you go to maximumfun.org slash block party, you can find out about all the stuff that's going on uh, during during this week. There's an awesome poster that oh, I, I really it. need to grab uh, designed by Paul G. Hammond. It's it's fantastic. Um, and there's a block party playlist that uh, everybody added songs to on yeah. Spotify that you can go listen to. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff going on and, and we would encourage you to check that out. And if you are a new listener, if you've never listened to this show before, this is it. This is basically it. Yeah, we talk about, about what we do. We talk about things that we like. It's short. I like that part. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's you know a half hour in and out, and yeah. and you get a little, a little spring in your step. I hope. Yeah. Um, but that's it. We gotta go. We gotta go. We got other stuff to do. We know mm-hmm. you're having fun, but we can't mm-hmm. just you can't hog us. Yeah, I will say we have no sign off, which continues to be a problem because we never know how to leave. Yeah. Um, but we do like to try out some new stuff, and so this time I'm gonna try bazinga. Mm. That was too I think I did it too loud, but I think the concept is strong. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. A man goes to the doctor and says that he's depressed and that life seems cruel. The doctor says, ah, the treatment is simple. The great clown Pagliacci is in town tonight. Go and see him and you will surely feel better. The man bursts into tears and says, but doctor, I am Pagliacci. Ah, okay, says the doctor. In which case, try listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.